Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a good conversation, unless you've got some action out of it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now, this is just one of the many points Pete Smith from the award-winning The Outperformer, and I cover on today's episode. And we also go on to deconstruct a number of other areas, particularly what's holding finance professionals back from actually engaging more with their stakeholders. Uh, We describe a useful framework that's got four parts and four steps that allows us to break out from our fixed mindsets, particularly when dealing with increasing levels of complexity. Uh, We also then delve into the importance of listening to avoid uh, going into a solutions or fix-it mode and uh, a very useful analogy around the lantern versus the flashlight and also some insights that other teams outside of finance have of us and where there's opportunities for us all to be better business partners. So look, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, please check out our website at sitnshow.com. We've got the timestamp show notes that accompany this episode, key quotes, resources, and ways for you to connect with Pete. And look, really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please don't forget to let your colleagues and friends know about it. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Pete and the show. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Great to be here. Hey man, it's great to have you on. And look, we've had some previous guest mentors on, kept saying to me, we need to get this guy, Pete Smith, on the show. So just delight to, to have you on for audience. Now, now, as much as I said, some previous members of the show or mentors on the show, uh, you know, know you, some of our audience may not be as familiar with you, Pete. So would you mind giving us a brief introduction into your sort of career and how you work with finance teams and, and other teams around the world? Sure. Thanks, Andy. Um... Gee, it's funny when you get asked that question, you know where to start. Uh, I'm from a small town, country boy in Australia, and, uh, you know, as soon as I could, I got myself out of there and, uh, and went to university. And actually, I uh, didn't study accounting and finance, studied adult education and training. Uh, it was just things where I knew that I could make a difference uh, in people's lives if I could get in front of them as much as possible and, and think about how they can communicate better and how they can work and lead and manage better. So my early career was spent as a leader in the printing and publishing industry. Um, and then I went again and studied adult education and organisational change because I, I knew that teaching people stuff about how to work better together was always done in isolation. It wasn't just about the skills. There was a culture. There was a collective of people that needed to understand how better to work together. And um, I, I suppose in terms of that journey, when it comes to people working together, like I think there's a big trend in finance nowadays to come out from behind our desks, collaborate more with each other and across the business. Like, um, I mean, how do you see that see that sort of progressing or that trend progressing? No, it's a good question because I uh, originally, probably about six, seven years ago, started working with finance teams in the United Nations. 
um, amongst other peacekeepers and that in really um, sort of far-flung places around the world. And they're dealing with really sort of complex issues uh, that many stakeholders, multifaceted, many perspectives. And, and what I found was, as you said, they, they stayed behind their desk and did the analysis they needed to, but weren't really engaging uh, with a lot of the stakeholders and, and really varied stakeholders of lots of well, you know, lives on the line. And so when they had a better understanding of, of, of donor funding um, and, and the sort of money that was available to do what they needed to do, then what I found was the opportunity was to really help them get in under the bonnet of these uh, different charities and aid organisations and NGOs. And then when um, when that contract started to sort of peter down, I was back in Australia and, and met uh, Brad with the app performer. So he saw my skill and experience working in pretty complex environments and thought, my gosh, have I got some work for you. So uh, away we went a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, and I suppose that um, that not engaging, you know, like, I, I mean, that that is something I hear from finance leaders around the world. Like, so, you know, you can send a lot of accountants and finance professionals on courses to try and engage. They get the whole rationale for what they call business partnering and uh, value creation and all of that. I mean, what's holding holding most finance professionals back from actually engaging with the people they need to be working with? Yeah, look, um, you know, I use this analogy of the fixed and the growth mindset. And, um, and it's not to say they're not smart people, indeed they are, and their expertise um, is really important in, in a, um, you say this, uh, like they have a peripheral vision right across the business. Um, all too often, their expertise and mine too, and everyone's, lets us see things in a certain way. And a classic case of a, 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 um, a radiologist, x ray experts, they spend years at university, they know their stuff. And uh, I don't know if anyone's mentioned this uh, anecdote, but uh, they were shown a, 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 a brain scan which had an image of a gorilla in it that was 45 times the size of a. Uh, Answer anode. 83% of them did not see the image of the gorilla. So that's a sort of thing where our expertise, our fixed mindset sort of suggests, well, you know, I know what I know and that's all I need to know. But it can get in the way when things are disrupted, dysfunctional, or different in some way with the way we've gone about our business. And, and and look, I I I get that. So, so like, is there any sort of useful tips for our audience to break out of that sort of fixed mindset? Um, you know, yeah. I guess that's fairly ingrained. Yeah, there is. And and look, it it really is about the kind of questions you ask yourself in the environment. So, if you think about something that has a natural cause and effect, it's easy to sort of go, well, A equals B, and away we go. But when you get more sort of complexity, you've got to actually analyze things in a different way. And, you know, one thing that I do when I'm going into a new client site to sort of work out how our program is going to make an impact is I ask myself a bunch of questions like, you know, what are the new things that these people haven't tried on? How can they go about um, finding out more about their stakeholders' world? It's, it's about getting themselves in the shoes of their stakeholders. So any questions they can ask, I like to follow what's called the GROW coaching model. I don't know if that's something... Listeners are familiar. Yeah, no, please take our, yeah, some of our listeners might have heard it, but I'd love you to take us through it. Yeah, yeah. It's literally um, the G, the R, and the O, grow. It comes from John Whitmore. And, and it's, John it's Whitmore, yeah. reality around having a sequence of questions that you can ask your stakeholder. First and foremost, the G is for goal. So what are you trying to achieve? 
Um, what's your best outcome? What's the best use of our time? Um, how can I help you the most today? And then the reality is kind of when the proverbial hits the fan, how can we understand what's going on around here? And, and, and that point is really crucial because all too often we get fixed on our analysis and it informs the work we do rather than actually changing the goal of what we do. So the better you can understand um, what's under the hood, what's going on in the engine, then the, the more the goal needs to shift in a more appropriate and effective way for your stakeholders. So the reality questions are kind of like, you know, how long has this been going on? Um, uh, 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 how are people affected by this? What's the impact of it? Um, you know, what have you tried in the past? Have you seen this happening in other places, in other contexts? So when you get the answers to those questions, it means we have to listen really well. It changes the nature of the next question, um, which is all about what the options are. Because when I come back to that expertise mindset, when we're in a disruptive business landscape, the emergent answers are ones that are novel. We don't know. So mm-hmm. it's really important to kind of go, well, what haven't we explored here? What can be done differently? What do we need to look out for? What are the watchouts? What are the insights? Where has it worked effectively in the past? The will do. That's the, the next, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a good conversation unless you've got some action out of it. Because, you know, we need to hold people accountable. When we get to the end of the conversation, we want to know that the next time we catch up with them, we've got a starting point about what was done, what worked, what didn't work, and what we need to yeah, there's actually a few things in there, Pete, I'd love to pick your brains on. But one of them that, that just gets to me, right? And and I think you touched on it was listening. Uh, is it is it like, is it just something that you're observing? Because it's like, you know, like you're not a traditional finance uh, an accountant, you know, uh, and that, that's got its advantages too. You've got that outside in perspective. But like, I always wonder being buried in the profession myself, is it just that generally speaking, a lot of finance professionals and accountants are quite smart people and that's a disadvantage in some cases because we're trying to answer a lot of those questions ourselves and not use that opportunity to engage with other people and see what they think and 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 listen a bit more rather than speak. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, I, <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> at coaching, um, my mouth moves a little bit and uh, a couple of people pull me up on it and they're saying, what, what's going on? Why are you doing that? And I've literally trained myself to repeat what the person has said in my own mind because I know that if I don't, I'm going to go off on my own tangent. I'm going to go off on what I think it needs to happen. I'm going to go into solutions mode. The analogy I like to use is the lantern versus the flashlight. If you've got a lantern and you come into a dark room, you can see a lot of things, not very clearly. But if you come into that dark room with a flashlight, you're only going to see one thing. If we jump into solution mode too quick, we're getting the flashlight out too quickly and we're missing what else is in the landscape. So like the lantern and the flashlight as a metaphor that early on in the dialogue with someone, you know, if you get, don't get locked in too soon. Hang around with the lantern and see what's going on around it. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And I'm delighted you shared that piece uh, there was a, there was another element in there that i wanted to touch on was probably more the the willpower piece i think this is an untapped opportunity for uh, finance professionals if they can engage in the conversation and get as far as the w section it's a great opportunity because traditionally we you know we've moved from reporting and analysis towards options generation implications and we've left it there there's a great opportunity now right is to actually help the solution evolve into something that's workable 
and then go and help implement it with the business. Again, it's taking the engagement to another level. And I, I, I love that you called it out. I mean, is there any sort of examples or, or maybe encouragement that you can help us to get to the W, to the willpower, and, 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 and just nail it down so that uh, we sort of really secure our futures as value creators in the business? Well, I'm, well, I'm not going to recommend that you repeat everything the person says with your mouth moving. It's one way of locking in the focus is, is just really paraphrase and hear. But, and look, I know these are yeah. basic and, and something that I even catch myself forgetting. Um, yet, if we can test our understanding with the person, as in, let's say we're delivering some analysis, we're you know, walking them through a dashboard, we're showing them some you know, you line that sort of suggests, hey, this is a different way of thinking about what you're doing in your business, then really, 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 really take on board what they're saying and explore that, you know, with the land. And it means that we have to actually stop the conclusion we're drawing to understand the conclusion that the person we're engaging with is drawing. Because, and this is why I had a paraphrase, because if we don't test what we understand they know, then we're going to go off on a tangent that's sort of not in the same ballpark. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore, kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and we, we will get that scenario where people are comfortable with with what we're recommending to go implement, right? So it's about making people comfortable. And some some people need to sound it out and you just need to give them the chance to speak it out, you know, to, to buy into it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, uh, the difference between going along to an accountant that has coaching skills and one that doesn't is phenomenal because as in my own account, I've had to get a new one because the last one was so concerned about the work that he had to do to do my taxes rather than six months out from tax time say, uh, you know, Pete, there's a $40,000 tax bill coming up. Perhaps we need to engage a little bit differently. Tell me what you're trying to achieve for. Uh, do you want that $40,000? No. Let's talk about how I cannot have that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. Oh, look, what a great example. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that one. And so, so look, there seems to be loads of opportunity for us to get better. Um, and I suppose at the moment, Pete, in terms of your current work or what you're seeing in finance, I mean, what, what's exciting you most? Yeah, look, what, what's exciting me the most, and this is a, a little bit of a breath of fresh air for the, for the accounting and finance profession, is... Um, well, let me take you back. We, we, we have this really good activity where we get results of uh, surveys from, uh, from, uh, from those outside the, the finance circle. And, um, and, and we use that as an insight as to what are they experiencing? What are they, what's going on in their world? Um, and, and we've won a recent contract where we're starting now to move into HR and IT because what we're seeing is that they're picking up their end of the stick as finance folks more out there in business and understanding more of what's going on, you know, these guys need to partner more effectively too. And, and so I'm really encouraged that what we're teaching the outperform around business partnering, around value creation, around enabling your work to be more efficient and effective so that you can do that sort of stuff, um, they're, they're really picking it up and running with it. Hey, that, that's awesome. I mean, like I know we bang on about finance a lot, but imagine if, we had IT, HR, other support functions, getting this whole principle of partnering. It takes so much friction out of organizations. And there you go. Takes the lag out. You know, it's like any kind of certain environment. If, you know, here, I, I got here at really early to um, where I'm waiting for my car to be serviced today. And uh, and the guy said, I oh, 11 or 12 o'clock. I'm like, there's a bit of a lag on that. I'm the first one. 
anytime we feel lag in a service environment, it sort of sticks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and we're very. And I think I think that's something we've learned in finance. That's why a lot of us are very uh, reactive and responsive, uh, particularly when when it is busy. I mean, if you look at uh, a quarter end or a year end, I mean, people are just rushing all over the place to try and get deals approved or or payments processed or invoices out the door so we can recognise the revenue. There's there's a hive of activity. We we are very responsive, but. You know that said that that's the importance of lag. The the less lag we have, and and if we can spread that to other teams, HR, IT, procurement, and so on, it it's only you can only sort of see upside by sharing those principles. I'll I'll use the analogy of, of coming in here to the dealership. Okay, they've got their I'm not going to you know put anyone under the bus. They've got their logo at the front of the building, and I drive in. And, you know the sales guys don't even say good day. They've made the sale. They don't have to worry about it. The service technician is kind of like just going through the motions. Um, and you know that the manager comes through and he's fixing himself a coffee. Everyone's sort of working on their own thing. Yet for me, as a customer, I, I don't care what department you're from or what side you're in. I've walked into this logo. So that really sort of, to me, when I came, to the point of, oh, I'm going to use that in the interview that I have with you. It's a really yeah, look, that that that's a great analogy. No, and and um, look, I I do think um, if our audience haven't picked up, we're actually chatting. You're actually at uh, your where your car is getting service, so really appreciate you making the time, Pete. We we do these podcasts anywhere and everywhere, so uh, fair play to you, mate. Well done. Um, so look, I'm just going to shift it up a few gears, ask you some some sort of uh, rapid fire questions. I suppose, look, you've been giving us great advice, great analogies so far. I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? You know what? My mind, it, it, I, I do a lot of improvisation, theatre uh, sports. And so it, yeah, you yeah. kind of just have to take what comes to you. And I remember when I was a kid and I came down to Melbourne uh, with my brother to watch the footy, uh, Australian rules football, that is, down in Melbourne. And um, we're in a car with one of his mates and it was a nice car. I was from a small country town and, you know, this kind of car, just you didn't see it. And... Uh, I think it was a Jaguar or something. It was it was really oh, nice, beautiful, and um, and and he got talking, and and I said, you know, what's your job? And he goes, well, I'm in sales. I'm like, oh, do you sell stuff? You know, I was, I was a kid. He goes, yeah. And I go, oh, that's pretty cool. How do you do that? And he goes, well, look, there's a couple of things you need to know. It's not what you know, it's who you know, and it's about having the gift of the gap. And, you know, while there might be, you know, we, we can often put sales in the, in the, in the box of, um, you know, they've got a certain odour to them. Um, this guy was a lovely guy. And as I've sort of moved through life, I go back to that and I think, you know what, um, having the gift of the gab is just about listening and, and communicating. And, and it's not what you know, it's who you know, is about the relationships that you build when you listen and ask good questions because your focus is on them, not on yourself. Yeah. And for a good salesperson, I guess in his sort of context, and what I've noticed as a good facilitator and a coach, if I say so myself, is that <laughs> it's not about me. It's always about the other person. And if I, and I think I've done that a lot in my career, um, and, and enjoyed the success that comes with that, is that people can know and trust and bank on me having their best interests at heart. Yeah, that that's great, and I, I think that would resonate with a lot of our audience, Pete. So, 
so I appreciate you sharing that that point and um then I suppose in terms of other resources, if we were to go follow up, I know you mentioned the outperformer, but are there any other resources or books even that our audience should maybe check out? Well, again, I, had, I thought of this one too. Um, look, I love uh, uh, the, 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 excuse me, the, um, the Psychology of Influence, Robert Cialdini. Um, mm. uh, it's, uh, it's actually, the book is called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Robert Cialdini, there's great tips in there. Um, so you don't get me started. Uh, Sir John Whitmore, go and check out his book around performance coaching. Yeah. Excellent uh, book, yeah. Uh, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is another great text. <laughs> I haven't read that one for a while, but, you know, it's time to toss that one off for the kids. Yeah, there you go. So great parallels, the, the adventure in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's also important too. Like, there's more, there's more to finance than just just work, you know. And and it's funny when you read books like that, you can actually see the parallels within our within our worlds, you know. Neuroscience actually shows that when you read a story book, the right brain is engaged, and and you'll know this if you read a boring book, you find yourself thinking about the phone bill or you know next week's rent or something like that, and you go to the movie, and the movie was better than the book. But if you ever read a book where you go to the movie and it just wasn't as good as the book, that's because you've created the imagery in your own mind. And that means you've engaged the right brain. Now, for folks in finance and accounting, uh, may well enjoy a, a really good novel, a really good adventure book, because it's actually engaging a part of the brain that they don't often work with as much as they could um, in, in their daily job. So it's actually neuroscience. It's shown that it helps to connect both hemispheres of the brain more effectively, reading a good story. Hey, that, that sounds fantastic. And actually, that resonates with a lot of points people are making in finance at the moment. We maybe need to become better storytellers. So let's maybe broaden <laughs> broaden our books a bit and engage that right side a bit more. So um, so look, uh, Pete, appreciate those those sources and, and uh, I'll put those in the show notes. I guess also what I'd like to put in there is maybe, the, I don't know, what's the best way to, for audience to connect with you? Yeah, look, um, uh, Brad Knight, the outperformer, uh, if you go to the outperformer.co, um, we're based in Australia. Indeed, we might be popping over there sometime in September. We, we do a lot of work um, around Australia and now moving globally, um, South Africa, heading up to Europe. So we'll be sure to drop in and say good day, Andy. Hey, hey, yeah, look, just wherever you guys are, I think you guys are doing great work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, look, uh, talking about that great work, it's been a great uh, podcast, Pete. Really appreciate sort of that journey, in, uh, particularly going through the grow model as well, because I don't think all of our audience have, I've come across that. Also, the analogies as well. Love the lantern one. And and also, I think the point where we need to listen a bit more. And I think maybe, you know, it's not about being the smartest person in the room and demonstrating all that time. Sometimes it's the smartest thing to do is ask questions and draw it out of someone else in terms of the, the solution. But uh, before we, we wrap up, I mean, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience? If you can, spend a day shadowing folks out in the business get into the world, uh, you know, designers, design thinkers, and those people that really understand the customer persona, um, spend a lot of time understanding every step of their day. And uh, and I know I had a stakeholder who said he spent a day with, um, a client spent a day with one of his stakeholders, and the insights he got from that, and not only the insights that he got, but the message it sent to his stakeholder about how um, embracing he was of his world and his reality um, was really invaluable. 
Look, I think that's a great challenge to lay down. It resonates with my own personal experiences, but also from what other audience members have fed back to me, Pete. So I think that's a challenge for everyone listening to this episode. How can we demonstrate our stakeholders that we're really engaged in understanding the customer and also being there for them as well? So let's get out to the field a bit more. And um, Pete, thanks for coming on the show and investing your time with us today. No worries, mate. Enjoy. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.